Um, the amount of intros we've recorded over these five podcasts that we haven't used because you start talking about bird watching or Bohemian Rhapsody or you're eating chocolate or <laughs> right now where you're drinking. Or I'm about to choke. <laughs> <laughs> it would it could make a podcast in itself, I think. What? Susie's uh, d- food and drink choices. I- intro outtakes. <laughs> intro outtakes. Yeah. Have you got the one where I say cashier number four, please? I've got that somewhere. <laughs> please, yeah. I'm saving it for a rainy please. day. I'll, yeah. pu- I'll put it in the Christmas special. Christmas special. Okay. Yeah. Oh, we, we're on? Yeah, we are, we've been on for ages. <laughs> okay, so this is pod number five with Lauren Rowles, who competed in para rowing in Rio 2016 and won. Won gold medal with yes. her partner, Lawrence Whiteley. And they are aiming to uh, recreate that winning moment next year in Tokyo 2020. Yep, fingers crossed for them. Fingers crossed they'll be on the on the start line and obviously on top of the podium as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, she's had a lot of issues with... Um, with injuries over the last kind of few years since Rio. So the hope is that everything will be fine and that they'll both be there on the start line next year. Yep. Uh, sorry, I was supposed to come <laughs> in a bit earlier there. So let's listen to Lauren uh, talking about her journey. Is it Rowls or Rowls? Is that a common kind of thing? Yeah, it's a common thing. People normally say Rowls. Okay. It, it can be good either way, but... In our one, we say Rowles. Rowles, yeah. okay. But Lauren Rowles, welcome yeah. to the Paralympics TV podcast. Thank you very much for having me, excited. How are you doing? Yeah, really good, thank you. Training's going really well at the moment and, well, Champ Selection Day, you know, it's so exciting to be selected for the team. You know, for the last two years now, I've not been on the team for injury because I've been injured and, um, you know, it's just gutting not to, to be on the team and be part of you know, all the hype and the excitement around it and going to the champs. So this year, you know, the important one, qualification year, and I'm excited to be part of the team. Amazing. Uh, I should try and describe where we are exactly. We're in, <laughs> so we're in Caversham and there's a big lake outside, but we are in like kind of a, it's like a porter cabin. Yeah, it's like one of them weird porter cabins. I used to, like at our primary school, we used to have this weird porter cabin that any, like if you had like your classroom was like, in like temporary reconstruction or something you would go in this porter cabin and it really reminds me of that it's yeah bring you back like old school vibes yeah i feel like i'm in isolation or something like <laughs> i've done something wrong yeah and it's absolutely chucking it down outside oh it's terrible uh, we've been on like the nicest warm weather training camp out in italy and coming back here we were like yeah before we left the weather was so good uh well i say so good everyone all traditional brits were going i'm dying and it's like 30 <laughs> degrees um but yeah when we left here it was really nice weather so when we like were coming back we were like oh yeah the weather will be all right come back it's just been tipping it down with rain every single day yeah and we, i usually have kind of a it's like two studio arms to put the microphones on and we've got this kind of little pop-up table which i don't know it's like a kind of looks like a, a massage table for a very small child or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so it, it does the, when I tried to put the studio arms on, they kind of tipped the table over. So we're holding the microphones. It's kind of rough and ready podcast. Yeah, what time. we would say, Ron, is it's a suboptimal setup. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> when you get in a boat and it's not rigged properly for you and you're just having to row on the worst setup, just suboptimal. I kind of like it though. It feels like, you know. You're just going rogue. Yeah. It's old school. Um, so you have been selected for the team heading out to the World Championships. Yep. Um, but you've had quite a lot of injuries this year. Has that been kind of tough to get to the point where you have been selected? Yeah, definitely. It's been a complete roller coaster uh, ride from the games in 2016 to now. 
you know, um, came back after the games on a complete high, winning and, you know, being the best experience of your life. And uh, we returned to training back in the November of 2016 um, and I picked up an injury in my back early on um, around just before the Christmas time and it was pretty bad and I knew I'd done something wrong but didn't really know what it was um, and for a while kind of we were treating it uh, you know I was receiving physio treatment and I was under close kind of attention of the doctor here and yeah it was it was really tough because I we didn't really know what was wrong but I was still able to kind of train on it um, and as it progressed on and on you know I had a few injections into my back and it just get getting worse and worse and we did um our first competition post rio in the in the double we went to poland to do a world cup and uh, when we went out there my back was just not in a good way at all we decided to race because we'd gone out all the way out there and we just said you know we'll just try try our best we'll try do it when we got out there i got 500 meters into the final and my back just completely went and i was just i, I it was like i was unable to move i was unable to like pivot from my from my hip and my back um, and I remember saying to my partner, my own partner, Lawrence, I said, you know, you're going to have to pull me down the track. Like, it's really bad. Um, and after that race, we did some further investigations to find out that I'd slipped uh, two discs in my back. Um, and about a couple of weeks later, I was on the surgery table having um, my back sorted out and uh, spinal surgery. So that was a pretty, you know, career defining moment for me. It was the first major injury I've ever had. And I think, you know, that was a big shock to my system of, you know, you've got to listen to your body, you know, listen to what it's telling you. Because for a long time I was in a lot of pain and I just kept training through it. Um, my training was so in uninterrupted, but I just kept pushing unnecessarily because I just didn't want to probably say how bad it was. And yeah, that was a big learning curve for me in terms of speaking up and listening to your body and going, you know, when things are bad, like... If you let them progress on, you can end up, you know, with having to have life-changing surgery. So, yeah, it took me a while to get back from that surgery. And it was six months I had to rehab back in from that. Um, and I, I tried my best, you know, and I just gave it everything rehabbing back in from that. And then uh, I did a pretty good job of that. And then kind of came back into the, the new season of the 2018 season. And was doing was doing really well with my back. My back was in really good shape. Um, my training was going really well. And because I couldn't do much like core work or, and stuff like that, I was doing a lot of upper body work. Um, and I was getting really strong and I was going quick. And then we kind of got to the February in 2018. And um, I was having problems with like gripping my arms. Like I go out to do just steady paddles and my arms would just balloon out and my, my forearms. And it would be crazy. Like I couldn't grip anything. And I'd be saying to my coach, you know, I, I can't seem to get through sessions. Like I'm having to like, really hold on tight and it, my arm would balloon out so much it just hurt so bad and I said something's not right here so we sat down with the doctor and the doctor said I think you've got compartment syndrome which is basically like where your your muscle outgrows the compartment that it lives in and um, she said let's take you for some tests and stuff um, and then a couple of weeks after that I was back on the surgery table having surgery on my arms um, because I had such bad compartment syndrome probably from doing so much upper body lifting post having my back done so that was a another big kind of knock, you know, for me and, and in my training, and it made me sit there and really assess, you know, you know what 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 I was doing it for, what was my purpose? Because I'm sat back in the same position of being injured, facing another load of surgery that I need, and you know, you have to think about your body and where you're going to be in thirty years time, like what your quality of life is going to be then, and 
you know, if you're damaging your body so much, should you be doing it? So I kind of sat and, and had a little bit of time before I'd had that surgery just to think about, you know, whether I wanted to move forward and whether, you know, going forward with with sport, with elite sport was the best thing for me. And that that period of time really gave me a good mental break from the sport I had a couple of weeks off and away and and it gave me also the hunger to just keep pushing through and and it also made me realize that I wanted to go to the next games to Tokyo more than anything and I was not going to let anything stop me so I had that surgery came back from that and training was going so well and I was selected to go to world championships last year in 2018 and training was going really really well for me I went um we, we got back in the double um for after a long long time away and things were going you know really really well we were seeing some quick times considering we'd not been in in the boat together and then um i started to develop then a pain in my hip and my back and um it kind of like was just a dull pain for a while and then it just kind of got stronger and stronger and um after a while i just kind of knew something wasn't right and i spoke up and i said something's not right here um and after some scans and whatnot um we'd found out that i'd torn my hip and so that's what was causing kind of like the hip obviously pain and, and then it was affecting my back as well um and that was really kind of difficult to be about three weeks out from world championships and to be told you're not going because you need surgery on your hip because it's so bad um it, that's a real knock like like that was kind of almost like the last nail in the coffin for me of like, wow, I just can't keep taking these hits and getting back up. And yeah, that was a, a really challenging time for me also, but it was weird in a sense because I also knew that however bad it was, I also still had this hunger in the back of my mind. Like, I can't believe this is it keeps happening, but I also know I need to keep pushing forward because I know that the hunger is so strong. So I had that surgery and um, actually, you know, the recovery time wasn't too bad off the back of it. I think I had a couple of months away and then um, to let my hip heal and then I was back into training and ever since then I've not stopped. Like focus has been, you know, razor sharp. I've worked every day to get back to where I am now and I'm back fighting fitter, stronger than ever and also just a more like developed athlete and, you know, I'm almost forming into the athlete I always dreamed of being when I was a young kid of like people that you know look up to you and go wow you've gone through a lot and you've come out the other side of it and it's been you know it sounds really corny but character building and so yeah I think you have to take a few knocks sometimes as an athlete to to really understand why you're doing it and also it can make you the strongest athlete and so I never would exchange now what I've gone through um, because I think it will will bring great things on the other end of it. You you mentioned there about kind of questioning whether or not, especially during that time of the second second big injury, mm-hmm. whether or not you wanted to continue in yeah. terms of like quality of life and stuff, how how close were you to to saying, you know what, actually, maybe this isn't worth it? Extremely close, you know, to so the point where I couldn't be around to do anything. Like I could have done a bit of like swimming training or whatever, and I just I couldn't row, but I could have done some other forms of training. Like every athlete, you know, if you've got an injury in one place, you can usually train in another area. And I just couldn't bring myself to come into training and, and do those things. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't see the purpose in it. Um, and I think sometimes you need to, to stand back and take perspective on, on things sometimes, I think. And that's what I needed to do. I needed to take a couple of, couple of you know, weeks away just to figure out whether this was something I really wanted. And now I, you know, I look back and go, that was the, the wisest decision I ever made in, in the whole process. Because if I'd have kept pushing, 
it could have driven me to really not love the sport anymore and driven me to you know just lose passion in what I was doing and instead it actually you know gave me the strength and gave me the hunger to push through what was another surgery you know a few months later do you feel like you you lost a bit of time and you have to kind of make up ground uh, in terms of your development obviously because we're, we're so close to mm-hmm. to Tokyo now just about a year away and you've got world champs coming up do you feel like you you, you lost a step and you're and you're playing catch-up or do you feel like you're in the best kind of shape 100 percent. when you take three knocks down and you you go through three rounds of surgery you know that's the huge hits you know coming back from surgeries you know not an easy game you take big hits it takes a long time to come back and you have to rehab very carefully but I think I've made all the right moves and you can't really look back now and go, you know, that worked to my disadvantage. You can only go, what can I do in the here, here and now? And I think, you know, that's that's what I'm doing now. And, and every single day that I've come back since having my surgery in my hip, I've put 100% effort into making sure that I make up for lost time. And I now think I sit here having made up for those two years of lost time and as we move into the next year I see that as new territory new ground for me to go and explore new levels of speed and strength so I'm really excited actually you know I feel like I've caught up to where I am now and and we're ready to go out and produce a really nice performance in world uh, world championships did you um did you always want to be an athlete yeah from from a really young age I was always the kid at school that treated PE like it was the Olympics <laughs> like I knew from a really young age like that I wanted to be an Olympian and I wrote in a in a journal when I was like 11 years old that I I wanted to be a runner in the Olympics and you know I was always destined you know my mom was used to say my, none of my family are sports she said I don't know where you've got this sports gene from she says but you you know you used to put everything at it and a lot of my friends now that I'm you know friends with from home at school used to say you know you were crazy about sport like we used to go up against you on netball matches like we used to fear you um because I just used to love sports so so passionate about it and I always kind of knew that that passion was was kind of more than just doing sport at a recreational level you know I had that such a, a drive for it and that for me that was running I used to do cross country middle distance running and I think that's when when I had my my injury in 2012 that's what brought me back to the athletics track and into wheelchair racing essentially because I just found that going back to the track was felt like home to me so yeah it was it was quite a natural transition in from running kind of even though it's obviously comp- two completely different things you know and you're pushing a chair around not running you know being back on the track just felt really natural to me uh, how long was the transition from from your injury to getting back into sport so i spent uh, i was injured in the february of 2012 and then i went to watch london 2012 completely inspired obviously the legacy of london's so strong and so many people have been inspired by the games and we went to watch it there and didn't have a clue about Paralympic sport before and you know just it's so eye-opening for for somebody so young like as I was at the time I was 14 at the time and just went wow like there's so many people here so much more disabled than I am and so you know like incredible at what they do and, and not just because they have disabilities but because it's just raw like talent and like persistence of going I'm going to be the quickest person on the water or in a chair or whatever it may be and it was just really like powerful and eye-opening for me and from that day I said to my mum I want to get back in sport 
like I'm going to do it with no real like intention of going to the Paralympics but just getting back into sport and realizing that there was doors open for me and that that door on being an Olympian hadn't wasn't closed just because I had an hour disability and because I was in a wheelchair it doesn't mean to say you know you have to you know you, you have to give up on your dreams so um you know it's a real cliche thing but it's it's real life and it's what a lot of us that have been to the games or our Paralympians have experienced um yeah and and so I got back into um sport I'd started wheelchair racing in kind of the November of 2012 so it's quite a quick kind of transition into sport and then spent a, a good few years at, at wheelchair racing and a- athletics and um made it all the way to kind of commonwealth level um I had a went to the commonwealth games in in 2014 and just it was the experience there like going to a games like that major uh, like a big major competition com- competition like that you know just really gave me that buzz to compete at that the highest level um and yeah that was 16 when I went to the games there and then yeah two years kind of later down the line on and sat on the start line in the Rio final and in a boat <laughs> so yeah what was that first time like back on the track um in, in 2012 when you when you got back on for the first time yeah, it, I mean, obviously it was it was weird because I've gone from running to now you trying to push a chair around it can like quite quickly, so it's completely two different mechanics. And when I was like a fourteen year old with scrawny arms, just come out of hospital, I couldn't do that very quickly. But I think it was just more the freedom of being out and being able to, you know, just push around that track and just let go of of a lot of. I suppose emotion that had been building up over the course of my rehab and you know a lot of anger that I had about being in a wheelchair now and that feeling like it confined me and being able to just kind of get out your chair um get in your racing chair and just push as quickly as you can and just try it something gave me a complete sense of freedom so yeah I think you know that that kind of transition from running to, to racing was was pretty seamless in terms of it gave me the same feelings of that adrenaline rush and that freedom that I found with running and then when I kind of moved over to rowing, I found that even more like it was a completely different sense of freedom and that, that rush that you get, especially when you row in a crew boat, you know, when you've got two people rowing in that boat and how quickly it goes, you know, you feel that rush and that you, I think it's hard to find that in many Paralympic sports where you go, you can go that quickly. Um, you know, a lot of things like wheelchair road racing, you know, cycling, stuff like that, you, you experience that. And I feel like that's one of the things you experience in a crew boat, boat in, in rowing. Um, there's something really special about being at a massive event like the Commonwealth or like yeah. the Paralympics. Just the energy and yeah. the scale of it. It, it. What are your kind of memories of the Commonwealth and what was it specifically about it that made you think this is this is what I want to experience all the time? I think the, the p- most powerful kind of memory and experience I have from the Commonwealth was when we kind of were waiting in the tunnel um, to the stadium and I remember just hearing the roars of like the crowd and it just just like chilling me it, like and I remember sitting there going I'm going to push out into this and every, all eyes are going to be on me and as you push r- out and you push round and there's it's like a, a little Mexican wave of roars that go round and then when they call your name and announce your name and obviously because it was in Scotland and you know a lot of you know English fans there and my whole family was there came to, out to support me and a lot of people that have been kind of there through my journey my physios and stuff um you know just to hear them roars and just to hear the screams of people supporting you and and, you know backing you it was just electrifying and I I think that'll be the first you know memory that I and that the my most cherished memory of my first biggest competition and 
I think nothing, you, you don't forget things like that. You don't forget the way it makes you feel and the senses that you get from that. And I think then when you go to, when I went to the games, you know, you, you get that same thing when it, it's even on a greater scale because, you know, you've got more people there, you know, a more high level of competition and people, are, you know, are there to see you race and, and win medals. So then how do you go from, from wheelchair racing um, into rowing and to the Paralympic Games and then to the top of the podium in, in the space of two years? Um, a lot of hard work, a lot of um, taking chances and, and going on opportunities. But I basically went from Commonwealth Games in 2014 and picked up a little bit of a wrist injury there. And that was really unfortunate for me, but it gave me a little bit of time away from racing and I had to kind of train in, in other ways. And then um, kind of early 2015, I was back at my rehab centre in Stoke Mandeville, uh, just on a week's admission again. And uh, the sports therapist said to me, you know, that we've got British Rowing here. They're looking for some people. You'd be perfect. And I remember saying to her, look, I, I can't. I'm involved in athletics. I really love wheelchair racing. And, you know, I, I'm not interested at the moment. And I stayed on the ward that night and she actually came to find me. And I thank her so much now that she did that because she, she kind of said, come on, come on, just come down, please. And um, we we kind of went down and British Rowing were there some of the talent scouts were there and they said can you kind of get on the indoor row and just just try and I probably like just look so stupid or in the way I tried to row it like every casual gym goer when you you know I look at now like casual gym goers are like I must have looked like that when I tried to do it um but yeah I just kind of jumped on the indoor row and pulled as hard as I could and they seemed to be impressed with what I could do and they said can you uh come down to Reading where we train now and um can you have a go in a boat and I went sure I said I gotta persuade my mum first but sure um and I persuaded my mum and she was like okay like we'll go we'll go down to Reading we'll see what it's all about and I remember coming down here and I as soon as I got in a boat and I took my first stroke so I just instantly fell in love with it like it was nothing I'd ever experienced before like being able to just like sit in your boat push off the side and watch your wheelchair kind of like fade into the distance and I went out in a double for the first time with my coach from Rio and Nick Baker. And uh, I remember he just made like, he did loads of like bursts and stuff with me, like high speed stuff. And he basically was just like, obviously like pulling me around and whatnot. But it gave me a real kind of like excitement experience of how quick boats can go. And I remember just being hooked. Um, and after that, they kind of got me down for a few more kind of like trials and tests and stuff. And they said like, we have um, you know a spot that you can work towards um, for world champ selection and um, in your category and your classification and um, yeah it was kind of a quick whirlwind experience five months after taking my first strokes I was on the world championship start line pretty much where we we are now at the qualification year four years ago so uh, you know it, it's, it's crazy really you know it's come full cycle and I'm, I'm back here at this point where I was when I first started my own career um, just in a whole new era um, was that the mixed double school? Yeah, the mixed double with with Lawrence, who's still my partner now. So yeah, we've we've come on a real journey together of you know um, starting out together and him being the first person that I essentially ever rode with. Um, you know, we've had a couple of guys come in since, and you know Lawrence is an incredible athlete, works you know really hard, and um, we're still together. So yeah, it's really nice to actually you know go through the experiences with people and you know we won in Rio together and I hope we can go on you know to win again next year and, and this year even you know and and go through those highs with each other and because we've also been through a lot of lows together through the last couple of years so it'd be really nice to kind of finish it on a high with him. That's Lawrence Whiteley. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, so for for anyone who doesn't know rowing, how important is that partnership? Like why why couldn't anyone else just jump in the boat with you and, and row just as quickly? It's like any team sport. Anything you do, tandem cycling, you know, any any sport you do, you've got to have uh, a strong kind of connection and you've got to be in tune with that person and how their body moves. Like I know I can spend, like I can spend a long time away out of the boat from Lawrence. I can row on my own, row in my single. But as soon as I get back in that double with Lawrence, I know how he moves. I know how the way he works. And I think having that level of understanding and almost like muscle memory about how somebody else moves is really powerful because you know it makes you go it makes you go extremely quick because you're just so in tune with how that person moves and obviously to establish that you've got to spend a really long time together uh, and then we have and we've, we've spent uh, spent doing a lot of strokes together to make that work but I think it, you always have this level of almost muscle memory for yourself and how you row and then how they row. And so it's also really nice because the way Lawrence and I both row really complement each other, like the styles of rowing that we both have um, really complement each other. Everyone rows really can, can row really differently and we seem to have a style that both matches each other, which is awesome. So, um, yeah, and he's just a great person to kind of get along with. You know, we we have a lot of laughs in the boat and stuff and he's really easygoing. You know, we rarely uh, fall out about anything. So it's just nice to be able to have someone who's your friend outside of rowing and outside the boat because that makes sure you you know your friendship and and whatnot you can translate that into the boat and which makes things go quicker so yeah it's been it's been really enjoyable to be able to kind of go through the journey and also you know he supported me through really difficult times through injury and stuff and he's obviously had to sit on the sidelines and not go to championships 2017 he wasn't able to go to, to world championships because i was injured so he's had to experience those tough times as well and you know when you go through things like that together it, it enriches your relationship so yeah it's 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 really awesome the kind of bond we share together and you know you have to do thousands of strokes together though to get that that level of tuning with each other um we don't have too long left i think we've got about 10 minutes and i realize i haven't asked you about rio really at all <laughs> um when you think back to rio 2016 yeah. what's your what what's the first thing that comes into your head what's the kind of overriding memory and feeling towards that you know when people ask me about rio i always say you know like obviously when you're at the games is like it all merges into one like you you merge everything that happened in the games in those two weeks that you're there into basically one but the the most overriding thing probably for me was the journey that we took into rio as a team as nine people you know we were a team a team of nine and um it's the kind of journey that we all shared together going into that that games um and then on that finals day when we all lined up four boats and just that feeling when we went out to go do our final uh, rachel morris who was our single female scholar we just won what like watched her one goal and that like fired us up ready to go and then obviously we, we were like lining up ready for our like start line and uh, we didn't know at the time but Tom Agar who was our single men's scholar he'd won bronze and then we did our race we won gold and then we when we kind of got out of the boat 
and onto the podium we got the we watched the four uh, the mixed cox four kind of come through the line and win gold as well and just to share them moments and and like to like beyond the 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 podium and to have like the the four come up to us after and we're just like absolutely buzzing for each other and that level of kind of like team spirit is something I, i will cherish forever in my life of just going on a journey with nine people more than that because it's our coaches and our support team as well but going on a journey with a group of people and they're like your family and then being able to succeed at that that higher level and being crowned as like the greatest rowing nation on earth was just such a feeling that I would cherish forever. And I think, you know, then once the job's done, obviously like everyone's so relaxed then because obviously going into it, you know, we know we knew all the boats were going really quick. We just kind of wanted to get the job done. So yeah, it was, it was kind of the, the, the nice feeling of having the job done. It's done, it's dusted. And, you know, just that feeling of, being able to go we are the greatest marine nation on earth and now we forever hold that and um yeah i think it, that that's that's really cool and and now moving into this next cycle we've we've taken on loads of new new athletes uh, we've got a lot of new faces in the team this year and we've got you know a whole new squad that we've just built the most awesome relationship and, and friendships with um and i think we're gonna we're gonna achieve some pretty special things over the next two years together I do want to ask you about Tokyo, but um, when you, as a team, when you realise you are the best rowing nation yeah. in the world, how do you celebrate something like that? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like any good athletes do, <laughs> after after Rio, you know, you celebrate with uh, a lot of beverages, <laughs> um, but also, you know, just a lot of good times and sharing memories and stuff like that was that was the main thing. Um, you you also spend a lot of time at home with your family who have sacrificed a lot for you, um, which was nice and some spending time with the people you love that was awesome and just spending some time away from the sport as well is I think really key. And then kind of as you come back, you feel that excitement. As soon as we came back into the season, you feel that buzz of just wanting to go again. Um, we had a few, quite a few people leave and retire, and that was really sad to see them people go. Um, but also, it's been really good because the people who were in the Rio era, as we try and say, um, have brought kind of that that kind of confidence and that strength um, from the from that era into the guys that have joined the team. And, and since then, obviously, we've got guys that have come onto the team. You know, Ollie Stanhope and Ellen Buttrick, you know, world champions now. And, um, you know, they bring, you know, qualities with them of confidence and stuff from winning them them kind of championships and stuff. So everyone's bringing, um, you know, their own successes to the, to the team. And I think it's just strengthened year on year as we've gone along. Um, and definitely now in, in the kind of the last few months, we've really found strength as a team collectively. And I think, you know, as every boat started to get into a really good position and in a really good place, you know, that just boosts the team spirit. And I think, you know, that that's the kind of thing I felt in the Rio era as you got into this kind of time now and because everyone's going well, you feel collectively like a really big driving force. And I hope that comes across, you know, when we, we go to the championships and stuff that, you know, we we are as a team there for each other and, and have got big energy and big spirit to give. And and just quickly, what would it mean to you to to be on that start line in, in Tokyo, but also, you know, to be on that podium in Tokyo after the after the kind of ups and downs you've had with injuries? Uh, I think for me, like Tokyo is going to be the the biggest thing that I, uh, you know, have have aimed towards for so long. Like it's going to be the biggest thing if I, you know, make the team and I'm sat on that start line just to get to that place for me will will mean like 
so much because of how hard the journey has been there. I think, you know, like when you, it's such dark times, the, the, the one thing that gets you through is thinking about being on the team and being there in, you know, w- with the team and being, you know, on that podium as well. You know, I want to go and, uh, you know, hold our title again and for uh, for another one. So, you know, they're, they're the kind of, that's the motivation that's got me through and to make that a reality is just, it's, it's what we do. It's why we, we train every day. It's why we train through rain and win like this. And yeah, I think it, it's just everything for every athlete, isn't it? And, you know, uh, this momentous kind of thing, it, it's going to mean more to me. It, to do Tokyo than it is probably going to do to Rio. So. Lauren, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so Best much for having me. Best of luck with World Championships and hopefully we'll see you in Tokyo. Awesome. Thank Thanks you. very much. So, outro oh. to Lauren Rowles. Um, you don't say outro <laughs> to Lauren. <laughs> you just do it. You don't say what it is. That's very true. So, I, I what I took from um, Lauren's podcast um, was firstly about the injury she went through some tough times with deciding whether she wanted to actually carry on and it would have been very sad if she'd decided that actually for her own kind of long-term health that she would have had to have stopped being an athlete I know athletes who have had to leave sports different sports not rowing but different ones because of their um, you know their disability or their condition worsening and I suppose quality of life is really important and that's one thing to know is that you know Paralympic athletes are pushing themselves to the very very extreme of what is possible for their bodies yeah i can only imagine what it's like um when you're used to to doing such intense um exercise every single day and you've got those injuries especially when it's your job as well Mm. um psychologically uh, we've touched on it on on various podcasts um and i'm sure it'll come up again but psychologically it just must be such a, a taxing thing to go through yeah not that I've been through that, but yes, I, I would imagine it is. Um, but I mean, it sounds like she's bouncing back and hopefully next year, all being well, her and Lawrence will be lining up on that start line, ready to take on the world and hopefully win. Yeah, hopefully. Um, yeah, big thanks to for, to Lauren for, for coming on the podcast and, and talking so so openly about her, her journey and mm. her injuries and, and the struggles that she's had and, and coming through that as well. Um, yeah, it was a great chat. So thanks to thanks to Lauren and thanks for listening as well. Yeah, please like and subscribe. You're always better at doing that, Susie. Like so. and su- like and subscribe. <laughs> maybe I spoke too soon. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think you spoke too soon. Though. No, no, it was good. I've referred your good. version. Uh, Stick to yours. Please like and subscribe. Yes. Uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Bye bye. If you're thinking about getting active and want to find local activities, search Parasport.